Welcome to The Upward Journey, the podcast ministry of Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina. Every day is a fresh start. Nothing new can be grasped with hands filled with the old. A fresh start isn't a new place, it's a new mindset. These are just a few of some of the top inspirational quotes found when searching online for a new beginning. Not necessarily bad, but do they capture the essence of what we're looking for when we feel drained, defeated, and dare I say, when we feel like we're dying inside? You know, it's been said that death is not the greatest loss in life. The greatest loss is what dies inside us while we live. But we don't have to stay there. In our series, Lazarus, From Death to Life, we take a look at an amazing account roughly 2,000 years old that's still showing how hope can turn an impossible situation around today. Let's continue the upward journey. I'm having a great day. Somebody bought me a gift today and brought it to church. I wanted to show it to you. It's a t-shirt that says... Jesus loves you, but I'm his favorite. <laughs> yeah, you're liable to see me wearing this next week. When I first saw that shirt some years ago, I thought, that's not a nice thing. But then I thought, you know, we all ought to feel that way. Because that's how much he loves us. Amen. Welcome. So good to see y'all today. Did you enjoy the second little blizzard that we had? All right, I'm glad we made it through. Welcome today, fourth part of our series, From Death to Life, and we're talking about an incredible miracle that's recorded in the Bible in the book of John. John recorded it in John chapter 11, and it's just this incredible miracle where Jesus comes to the home of his friends, Mary, Martha, and their brother Lazarus. Lazarus got sick And they called for Jesus, and Jesus waited. He did not show up when they thought he should. Finally, he shows up. Lazarus has now been dead for four days. He's in the tomb. He's put away. The stone is rolled over the tomb. And Jesus comes and walks into that situation, says, Roll away the stone, calls to Lazarus. Lazarus comes out. He raises his friend Lazarus from the dead after he's been dead for four days. It's one of the most tremendous miracles in all the Bible. Even more than that, this miracle is a picture of what Jesus Christ wants to do in your life today. He wants to call out to you when you're in those dark and hopeless moments that you don't feel like you have a prayer, that you don't feel like you have a chance. Anybody here today ever been in one of those moments in your life when you just felt like it's over? Have you ever felt like you messed up so badly that you can never recover from this? Have you ever had life just hit you so hard that you just thought, There is no hope of ever getting past this situation. That's where Mary, Martha, and certainly Lazarus was. He's in a tomb. He's in darkness. And we've said this in the series. Jesus wants to call out to you with his voice in your very darkest moments and call you out of those dark places into the life that he has for you. He wants to help roll away the stones that block you from entering into his light and his life. He wants to, we talked about last week when we talked about stinketh, he wants to air out the stink in your life 
and the things that are rotten in your life. And as good as you look this morning, we all have those things and we all have those places. He wants to air those places out and, and bring us to life. And finally, he wants to give us the life that only he can give us. And today we're looking at that. Today we're looking at the last point of the series is this. Jesus wants to free you from the grave clothes that you have been wearing. Here's something I must confess to you. I'm a Christian, but I still struggle. I'm a Christian, but I still have areas in my life that I need to grow. I don't know what yours are. I know what some of mine are. When I get stressed, I get snappy. Snippy. That's a very nice word for saying I'm just a grump when I get stressed. When I get a lot on my mind, I can really be, um, what's a good word? I'm trying to make it as nice as possible. I can be really short, and it's typically with my wife. Isn't it amazing that we can be stressed and still be nice to strangers? Sometimes when we get stressed, we take it out on the people closest to us that we love the most. Any amens? Please help me out, folks. Help me out or I'm in trouble. If you don't help me out, I'll be the only one and I don't want to be there. Um, I've been in that sit. Yeah, yeah amen. <laughs> the other day I had something on my mind. I got a medical bill and I had a, uh, there was a billing error and a uh, medical company was trying to bill me double for things that I'd already paid for. Would that stress you out? I'm the kind of person that if something like that gets out of order, i got to go fix it. So I go home and I get on the phone, and I'm on the phone for two hours, and I get zero help. Finally, the lady on the phone is about to hang up on me. I beat her to it. They say confession's good for the soul. I just, I'm just bearing my soul today. I just reached a point where she's trying to bill me an extra $1,000. I got to the point that I said, I'm just politely as I can hang up the phone. You know, if you hang it up softly, that's still Christian. If you slam it down, that's the devil. But if you just go click or... You don't really even do that. I'm old school. You just push the button so gently and say, thank you, Jesus, and just hang up. It's okay, right? <laughs> what I'm trying to say is I'm a Christian, and I still struggle. I'm a Christian, and sometimes I still act in ways that aren't so Christian. I'm growing, certainly come a long ways. For a minute, though, I forgot that this lady on the other end of the phone was a person that needed Jesus. And I began to see them as somebody who was just in my way. Anybody ever been there? Notice when I tell my stories, I give you an opportunity to confess too. Maybe it's so that I'll feel better. See, I want you to understand this. There's a difference between being forgiven and being mature. There's a difference between Jesus forgiving your sins and you being a mature Christian. We still have some struggles. There's this idea somehow 
in the church that's just wrong, that the minute you become a Christian, that all your struggles and problems and temptations should go away, right? You hear people testify and give testimonies. That's when somebody gets up and shares their story of coming to Jesus. And I've been a Christian a long time, been in church a long time, and I've heard so many of these stories that people say, they get up and they say, you know, I had this addiction and I came to Jesus, and that addiction just fell off my life. The chains were broken, and I never struggled with anything again in my life. Sometimes, if we're not careful, we overplay our stories, and we think we're giving Jesus all kinds of extra glory when sometimes we're actually not being real and honest enough, and we're actually making it difficult for other people who still have struggles. I've seen it in situations where addictions did fall off people's lives, and they were completely delivered. And I've had it happen to me. But then I still struggle with a telemarketer. <laughs> this is the tension we live in as Christians. Sometimes we get set free from stuff. And then there's another area that we struggle with. And it's a journey to walk out of that thing. I want you to understand, Lazarus came out of the tomb with some grave clothes. And we have some grave clothes that we need to get out of. Some things that were in our lives when we were walking in death and darkness that need to be pulled off of us now. Let's go to the text, John eleven forty three 43 and 44. Jesus is standing at the tomb. He has other people roll the stone away. We talked about that last week. And then it says, Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And it says, the dead man came out. But his hands and feet were bound in grave clothes. His face was wrapped in a head cloth. And Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. Now I want you to understand, Lazarus was now alive, but he was still bound. Spiritual life had come into him, physical life had come into him, but he's still wrapped up. What they would do, the Jews of the day, they would bury them in a cave and a roll of stone. But what they would do, the day they died, they would wrap their body in a long sheet. They would completely wrap their body in a sheet. Then they would wrap their head up even tighter with a head cloth. They would tie their jaw shut, wrap their head. So the head and the jaw was doubly wrapped. Then they would wrap strips of cloth around the body and put spices there to deal with the decay and the rottenness and the spell. Now, just for a minute, imagine you're Lazarus. You're dead. Stone gets rolled away. You hear the voice of Jesus saying, Come out. What do you do next? Scholars debate this. They, they debate how Lazarus actually got to the door of the tomb. Because life comes in him, but he's bound. You ever watch these wonderful dramas, these wonderful movies about the life of Jesus? I watched one the other day, just for a minute, and it was, it's an old Life of Christ movie called The Greatest Story Ever Told. Anybody remember that? That's back, I think, in late 60s, early 70s. Uh, and it's a beautiful movie, and it's well done. They have beautiful music. When they did the scene of Lazarus being raised from the dead, they had Jesus calling to Lazarus. And then you just see Lazarus sort of appear at the door, and the, they play Handel's Messiah, and the Hallelujah Chorus comes out. So it's like, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. You don't want me singing, I know, but I had to do it. I think Lazarus was probably actually bunny hopping. 
Maybe a more appropriate song would have been da 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 dun dun dun. <laughs> yeah, there's some entertainment value to this too. It wasn't the wonderful, dignified exit from the tomb. He's at least shuffling because he's tied up. That's a picture of a baby Christian. Jesus has spoken life into them, and they've come to life. But they're still wrapped up in some things from their past. And they need their friends to come around them and help to unwrap them. I want you to understand this. Lazarus needed his friends to unwrap his grave clothes. There's this idea in church, and it's wrong. It's the idea of this, that all you need is Jesus. And that's not true. I'm going to let you get offended at that for just a minute. Because you grew up singing, He is all I need. If you grew up like I did. We sang that all the time. He is all I need. Nope. You need the body of Christ as well. You need the church as well. That's one of the reasons the writer of Hebrews says, Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Don't throw off actually coming together in person and spending time with each other because you don't... You notice in this story, Jesus did not unwrap Lazarus' clothes, his grave clothes miraculously. Jesus could have done like this with his finger. And they just disappear. Right? I can just picture Lazarus spinning around and the grave clothes coming off. No. He said to people, you over there, You over there, unwrap the guy and let him go. He's alive now, but he needs his friends to really get unwrapped. It's not just about you coming to Jesus and then you praying to Jesus alone every morning and you having your relationship with Jesus. I know people that say that, you know, I pray at home, I'm at home, and I watch preachers on TV I watch preachers online, and we're so glad to have a great online audience watching us. Last week, we had the largest online audience we've ever had. Uh, we estimate every Sunday and all the weekends live here, we have between four to 600 people who join us through those cameras, and we're so glad to have every one of them. But can I stop and say right now to the online crew, you, the folks watching online, you can't let this be a substitute for you actually being around other Christians. We're so glad you're here and we want you to come here online. And many of you can't be out for whatever reason. But you need to be around some other Christians. You see, you, you actually need to be connected to the body of Christ in order to get unwrapped from all the things that were in your past. You need friends. That's why it's so important when you're in a local church to get connected relationally to the other people in that church. I want you to understand, we love having every one of you here and this building stays pretty full and online stays uh, very busy and we're so happy about that. But I want you to understand, if you just come here and enjoy our time here together, 
and don't make an effort to get connected to some other people that are here, that will stunt your spiritual growth and you will only go so far in your relationship with Jesus. And you will only get your grave clothes unwrapped to a certain level. And then you will get stuck and stagnant. Because we need friends in order to be truly free. I want to say that again. We need friends in order to be truly free. Amen? Without my friends, I don't get free. We need people to roll stones away and to get obstacles out of our path. We need people to unwrap our grave clothes. Now understand, when Jesus rose from the dead, he didn't need any help with these things. Because he is life. When you, when you think about the story of Lazarus and the story of Jesus, they sound a whole lot alike. Jesus was wrapped in the same way that Lazarus was, and Jesus was placed in a tomb, and a stone was rolled over it, just like Jesus was, because that's how they did it in the day. But understand, the raising of Lazarus and the resurrection of Jesus are two completely different things that are on two completely different planets. You see, Jesus resurrected. Lazarus was resuscitated. Lazarus died again. And you know what I found out this week? They put him right back in the same spot. <laughs> Lazarus is the only guy I know of that needed the same tomb twice. See, resuscitation is coming back to eventually die again. When Jesus came out of the tomb... He obliterated death forever and said, I'm not going back there again. Life defeated death. When Jesus did not need anyone to roll the stone away from his grave. You know, the original language of the New Testament says it in such a way that the stone was thrown away. It's like the stone was not even near the door of the tomb. It's like something exploded and the stone's way over here. Resurrection power came into the tomb and boom, the stone couldn't even hold the power in the tomb. Jesus did not need anyone to unwrap his grave clothes. Here's what the Bible said. When they walked into the tomb, they saw the grave clothes all folded. See, Jesus in resurrection power in his resurrected body came through the grave clothes. And they were there folded around as if he was still in there. They just deflated Lazarus, though, and you and I need people to roll stones away and to unwrap grave clothes. What are the grave clothes? They're the things in our lives that still need to be unwrapped after we come to Jesus. And if we'll be honest about it, I know I can think of a few areas in my life. Can you think of a few things in your life that are like grave clothes? Go ahead and raise that hand. You'll feel better if you're honest. You ever say anything and think that's not what Jesus would say? You ever do anything and think that's not what Jesus would do? You ever do anything and realize that that's not who I am in Christ anymore? That's part of my old life that I'm trying to get away from? Anybody? Come on now.
That's a grave cloth. And Jesus puts people around you to help unwrap those things. I think it's interesting, too, that the areas of Lazarus' physical body that were wrapped most tightly are the areas we struggle most with, our head and our mouth. Is that not interesting to you? Head was double wrapped and the jaw was tied up. I don't know about y'all, but my mouth sometimes needs to be set free. I pause just to let you soak that up and prayerfully believe the Holy Spirit that he's showing you that. Remember one... uh, Back when we had services on Sunday night, years and years ago, a guy was there on Sunday night, and he came to Jesus. And he just had this powerful experience of coming to Jesus, and he just felt it, and it was just really powerful for him. He just began to smile. He was so happy that finally he had come to Jesus, and he said, my life has changed. Now I'm a Christian. And, and this, this kind of thing happens a lot. He came back the next Sunday, and that light wasn't there, and that joy wasn't there. And I could tell it. And I asked him, I said, what's wrong He said, I don't think it worked. And I said, what happened? He said, I cussed at somebody this week. And he said, Christians don't cuss. I wanted to say, bud, you hadn't been around us too much, first of all. (laughs) I can tell you're new. All joking aside, when Jesus gets saved, he wants to clean our mouths up. That doesn't always happen overnight. I told him this. I said, well, it seems like that really bothered you. He said, it has bothered me all week. The guy just said something to me, and I said something that I would have said before, and I thought I was saved, and now I must not be a Christian. He said, it just bothered me so bad. And I asked him a question. I said, well, did it used to bother you? He thought about it. He said, no, it didn't. I actually used to feel better after cussing somebody out. (laughs) I said, what do you think made the difference? And a little light began to come on. Because Jesus had given him a new heart. He was just still struggling with the old mouth. Our mouths need to be set free. And God puts people in our lives to help us do that. You know what we've got to do? We've got to listen to those people and let them unwrap us. Sometimes it's a family member. Guys, I'm going to tell you this. Your wife can be your very best friend and can help you unwrap all kinds of things off your life. Now, guys, I know you don't like me very much right now for saying that. But sometimes my wife will tell me when I'm on the phone with a telemarketer. And i got to be honest with you, I really don't like her telling me what to do. Amen, brothers. Amen, brothers. 
Amen. Yes. Amen. I don't know if this is right or not, but I'm going to go with it. <laughs> I don't like her telling me what to do. I tell you what I really don't like. If somebody tells me, you just preached about this. So you don't have to deal with that. Pray for me. Because I'll get tested on something I just preached about. I'm seeing a conversation with a telemarketer in my future this week. I'm just seeing it. Do you know what we have to do? We've got to receive it when God brings people into our lives to help unwrap us. I'm not talking about judgmental, holier-than-thou people who are always picking apart your life. Those people, you just ignore them. The Pharisees in your life who just want to be super spiritual and just want to condemn you at every turn, I just turn down the volume on those folks. But the people that really love me, that really care about me, who try to correct me at times, I've had to learn the hard way, listen. Our mouths need to be set free. Our mind needs to be set free. This is the biggest one, and this is kind of the longest journey that we have. Romans chapter 12, the Apostle Paul writes, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? Paul says, by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and the perfect and the acceptable will of God. Paul said, don't conform to the world around you. And that's what the world today wants us to do, to conform You'll hear words all about there about tolerance and accept everybody for who they are and what they are. That's unless you're a Christian. That's unless you know what you believe. The world is seeking, I'm going to tell you, there's a huge pressure in the world to conform us all today into its image, to make us robots who walk in lockstep with what everybody else says and wants us to think what everybody else thinks. I'm going to get my thought patterns from God's Word and from Jesus Christ, the living Word. I will not have them imposed on me by anyone else. I will not let society tell me how to think or speak. I'm going to get that from heaven. Amen. So be strong in that. But Paul said, don't be conformed, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. So you've got that old mouth that wants to speak the way you used to speak. And the biggest thing is you've got the old brain that wants to think the way you used to think. It almost feels like, and I honestly don't know if this is theologically correct. I'm going to throw it out there. But it feels like my heart got saved and my brain has to get in step with it. Feels like my heart just gets changed instantly, but my brain lags behind. How do I renew my mind? I need people to help me do that. That means I need to hang out with people that think properly. That means I need to be around people that love Jesus and are struggling through some of the same things I'm struggling with. And I need to be honest with them about what I'm going through. And I need to have some back and forth for them to straighten out my stinking thinking. Because a lot of times my thinking is stinking. My thinketh stinketh. How far do I want to go with that? 
You get around negative people, you'll be negative. Get around angry people, you'll be angry. Get around judgmental people, you'll be judgmental. Get around some people that are filled with joy. Get around some people that are filled with peace in spite of the storm that's going on around them. Get around some people that don't post every five minutes on social media the stuff they're mad about. Get around some people that saturate their minds with God's Word. You know how you renew your mind? You take some time and listen to Jesus, and He will speak to you in your heart if you listen. And you'll know it's Him. You get in God's Word, and you let God's Word be the determining factor in your decisions. And you let God's Word shape you day by day. It's not in huge turns, it's in small course corrections that your mind gets renewed. We need our minds renewed. Paul used this in Ephesians 4. He used the analogy here of clothing, of changing clothes in Ephesians 4, 22 and 24. He said, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life. Throw it off. It's corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Do you hear that? Paul said, we're changing clothes. Any of y'all enjoy... Now, do you enjoy going home and getting in comfortable clothes? Anybody? I'm going to get too personal here today. I'm just telling you. The minute I get home, my shoes are off. Because I don't like wearing shoes. Do I sound like a complete redneck right now? Do I really? The minute I get home, my shoes are off. And I get into comfortable clothes. I wear the same thing at home just like I wear the same thing at church. I got a white t-shirt and a black pair of shorts. When I get home, 10 minutes after I get home, that's on. And I go to bed in that. My life's very simple. But man, when I get home, I'm taking this thing off. I like this upward pullover. But I can't hardly get it. I, can I be honest with you? I got to have help getting out of this thing. <laughs> I will go home. About, I'll be home about 2.30 today, right? I'll go to Alexa. i say, would you pull on that sleeve? Get me out of this thing. As soon as I get done preaching, I'll take this mic off. And I'll put on comfortable clothes. It's like Paul saying, throw off the old stuff. Put on something new that's available to you in Jesus Christ. Robes of righteousness. Throw it off. You can in Jesus Christ. But you often need help to do it. Sit down and talk with somebody. I have friends that I talk to. I have people that I open my heart to. More than one. I have a meeting with a dear friend who's here this morning that I sit down once a month and they ask me questions about my life. Personal questions. And I answer them. Sometimes I give the wrong answer. And then we prayerfully determine how to fix that. You've got to have that. 
I want that for you. So that you can throw off your old sinful nature. Let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. And then put on your new nature. If you're struggling with something in your life, you got to have a friend. You're here this morning and you're, God bless you, you're trying hard. You really are. And it seems like every time you try hard, something else just comes along and knocks you right back down. You're really trying to get there. Then you feel like you've made another little bit of progress and you fall right down again. Anybody ever been there? And you came here this morning just thinking, how am I ever going to do this? Here's your answer. You've got Jesus. And you need a friend. You need to talk to somebody about that. Guys, you may need a guy friend to talk to. Ladies, you may need to get connected to one of these ladies' groups. Guys, get connected to a guy's group. You need to plug in with somebody who can help unwrap and untangle you from that in your life. Now, let's finish. Let's land this plane. When we are free, we then can help to free other people. The truth is, as we're journeying toward freedom, we journey together with other people and we find freedom together. But God wants us to set other people free. Amen? He wants us to get around other people who need to be unwrapped, whose grave clothes need to be taken off and loose them. Everywhere I go, I want to be setting people free. And you know, everywhere you go, you have power to bind or loose book of Matthew, Jesus is talking to the disciples about the church. And he's saying, I will establish my church. And then he says this. He said in verse 19, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. You know what keys mean? Keys mean authority. I will give you the keys. And he said this, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I have the power to bind and to loose. Do you know as you get free and the grave clothes get taken off, you can bind the devil? Okay, I'm I'm going to preach longer if y'all don't work with me now. Maybe you need to get this. This is extra. When you walk into a situation and the enemy's operating there, you have authority as a believer in Jesus Christ to bind the devil and stop him from doing what he's doing in those situations. Right? You can walk into a place of business and somebody is just getting torn all to pieces and getting ready to fight. And you know, you walk in and you take spiritual authority and change the whole atmosphere of that room that you're in. Some of you, that may be a little far out for you, but as a Christian, you can do that. You can walk in and your peace that you have in Jesus conquer the strife that is in the room. But today we're talking about loosing. You have the opportunity to set people free all the time and unwrap their grave clothes. Somebody asked me Thursday night, two people asked me this, so I thought I'd better address it today. They said, how do I set somebody free that doesn't want to be free? The answer is you can't. 
You can't hold them down and unwrap them. If a person doesn't want to be free, you can't set them free. But here's what you can do. You can listen to them. And as you listen to them, wait for an invitation. See, if you listen to people long enough, they'll talk and they'll talk and they'll talk. And they need that. And they need a non-anxious, non-judgmental presence in their lives. They just need somebody who's not freaking out like they are. And they need somebody who's not immediately judging them. They need somebody who's not going to jump in and offer advice too quickly. You ever talk to a person and as soon as you start talking, they start throwing solutions at you? That's me. Oh, stop talking. I'll give you three ways to fix that and we can be done with this. It's not what people need. They need to get it off their chest in front of a non-anxious, non-judgmental person. And if you let them talk long enough, here's what they're going to do. They're going to say, what would you do if you were me? Ta-da, there's your invitation. What should I do? Ta-da, there's your invitation. And then you gently start to share the hope of the gospel and the story of Jesus Christ into their lives. And you point them to Jesus and you tell them your story. And then as they journey, you listen, you wait for the invitation, and then you support them on their journey. You set people free. I was in a situation some uh, several months ago. Come on, man. Several months ago that uh, someone came to me. And they told me, they said, Pastor, I remember this time that uh, I did something and I, I really felt like I hurt you. And they were coming to me to try to make it right. And uh, that happens to me a lot, that people will come to me and say, uh, I apologize for this that I did or that I said or this attitude I had. And I'll be honest with you, probably 80% of the time, I don't even remember what they're talking about. About 80% of the time, I just say, you know, I never even felt that way about what you said. And honestly, if you hadn't said anything, I would have never even thought about that. But just be free of that. And you know what? That sets people free. But in this case, I well remembered it. Because I went home and cried after it. I've done that before, and that don't happen to me much. I went home and cried my eyes out over that one. And uh, the person came and said, I remember this. And, and I'm really sorry for that. And I realized at that moment, it's, it's the biggest realization that this ever hit my life. I realized I have this tremendous power right now that I can bind this person with that and keep it alive in their lives. Or I can absolutely set them free from this right now. And I just felt an overwhelming presence of the Holy Spirit in my life at that moment to just say, listen, first of all, yeah, that hurt. It hurt like everything. It's terrible. But I've already forgiven you of that before you ever came to me. And I know your heart. And I love you. And I never want you to think about that again. Because I won't. I'll remember it, but not with any hurt 
or any bitterness or any hard feelings. I want you to forget about that forever. And you know what? In that situation, I did everything in my power to set that person free, to loose them. I don't want to be a person around putting others in bondage. I want to help unwrap their grave clothes so that they can be free. Amen. Do you want that? So this message is for a couple people. If you're struggling with grave clothes yourself, find a friend. And then everywhere you go, loose people and let them go. They untied Lazarus, and he's free. That's what God wants for you and for me. Amen. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you for the privilege of serving you and loving you. Jesus, we just ask you right now to bring this message home in the hearts and lives of believers. And those that don't know you, Jesus, may we come to know you. Heads bowed, eyes closed all across this sanctuary. If you can say, Pastor, today I want to say yes to Jesus Christ as the Savior and Lord of my life. I won't embarrass you, but I'd love to see your hand right now. If you can say, Pastor, today I'm saying yes to following Jesus with my life. Would you raise it up really high? Can I see it right now? Can I see a hand? Anybody this morning? Anybody? How many could say, Pastor, I'm saved. I know Jesus, but I've still got some grave clothes clinging to my life. And I'm going to find a friend and get some help unwrapping these things. I make that commitment today. Can I see your hands? Can I see them up high? Amen. Amen. I see a bunch of them. I'm going to find a friend. We're going to get these things unwrapped. How many can say, Pastor, I want to be a person that sets other people free. And I want to intentionally go about in my world loosing people from things that bind them. I want that to be me. Can I see your hands right now? Oh, yeah, God's going to give you an opportunity to do that this very week. Amen. God bless your people today as they make commitments to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Folks, big things are coming. I said big things are coming. God's about to do some big things in our world. You hear me? God's about to do some big things in our world. He's about to do some big things in this body right here. We're going to see growth over the next year. Now, you just count on this. We're going to see growth that's going to surprise us. We're going to see God move in ways that surprises us. We're going to see some miracles in 2022 that surprise us. God has spoken that to my heart. We follow Him. We're going to see some miracles take place. God's going to heal some people, change some people, do some awesome things. I think it is so incredible this weekend that we baptized two people over the weekend. One of them's seven years old. The other one's 84 years old. I think we got them all covered, don't you? Just about. I spoke this word uh, over Martha on Thursday night, and I believe the word over her is the word for y'all. And it's true for her, and it's true for us, that Martha, I know she's back there, and we love her. This next season of your life is going to be powerful, beyond your imagination, spiritually gifted beyond your imagination, fruitful beyond your imagination. God's going to multiply her influence in these next, this next season of her life in a way that nobody ever expected. And I believe that's a word for this church as well. God's going to multiply in your life this next season in a way that you never expected possible. Fruitfulness is coming over your life in all kinds of ways. Amen.
God's going to open jobs for some of you. God's going to expand your family. God's going to do things that are beyond your imagination. That's your blessing today. Amen. Next week, we start a new series called Family Matters. We're going to have fun with that. Be ready to laugh a little bit next week. Uh, Next week, we're going to be talking about Abram and Lot. And we're going to talk about how to draw boundaries within your own family and limit the influence of people who are trying to drag you away from your destiny. Anybody need that next week? The following week, we're going to be talking about Abraham and his son Isaac and how generational sin patterns run down through families and how to break those patterns off of your life. The next week, we're going to talk about uh, Jacob and Esau and how to raise your children as individuals and not make them cookie cutters. The last week of that series, we're going to talk about Jacob and Esau again and talk about the power of reconciliation in families. So it's going to be a really wonderful four weeks coming up. So just make your plans to be here starting next week for Family Matters. Now, I commission you in the power of the Holy Spirit with the authority of Jesus to go and change the atmosphere everywhere you go this week. I just feel that in my heart. Take authority over the enemy everywhere you go in every corner in every sphere of influence you have take authority over the enemy bind him and set people free make jesus known amen amen love y'all thank you so much for being here today online love y'all thanks for being here we'll see you again next week god bless you thanks so much for listening to this week's upward journey if you would like to find out more about upward christian fellowship in flat rock north carolina you can look up our website at ucf.cc or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Upward Christian Fellowship. We invite you to join us next week as we continue the Upward Journey.